Tabiso Musiya on SAFM. Let's go over to Morocco now, and that's where we find Satish Sakar, the author and journalist. He once spoke to us recently, actually, um, on the show, but he's in Morocco now. We want to find out what is happening. Satish, good evening. Uh, thanks for speaking to us on SAFM. Good evening, Tabi. So, pleasure to be with you again. Thank you. Good, good stuff. You're in Morocco. I guess it's for the CAF election, and I'm going to ask the obvious question. How is the mood in Morocco? It's kind of strange as uh, it's a very unusual situation in that a lot of people wanted to come for both the the uh, CAF elections and also the under 17 AFCON. Mm. But the latter has been cancelled. It was cancelled by CAF emergency uh, uh, committee and not by Morocco, although obviously there were negotiations between both CAF and uh, Morocco, but it couldn't be uh, resolved. You also now have a problem that uh, there were a number of journalists who uh, were due to come and cover the event, and some of them have been sent back home because they came from countries which uh, are on Morocco's uh, no entry list. Oh. It's a uh, it's a strange and uh, sort of subdued in its way situation. Yeah. But uh, it's basically one of these things where it, you have to get on with it. CAF is going in a new direction. It is going to be run by uh, Patrice Motsepe. We have to give him a chance. We have to wait and see what his uh, whole proposals are going to be, what he's going to do in a four-year term. It's not like we judge him in three months' time. Mm-hmm. We have to wait and see exactly what his, pro- his program is for the whole four years. But we also have to be critical about it. Our function as journalists is not to simply accept what somebody says they're going to do. Mm-hmm. We make a note of it. We uh, uh, look at it, but we hold them to it. That is what we should be doing. We should be looking carefully at uh, what Patrice Motsepe is saying he he plans to do and uh, how we think this is going to make African football better. Now, I'll raise an immediate uh, sort of interest because you will know well, I have been dealing with and demanding uh, changes and support for legends of African football, mm. uh, especially those who are in their 60s, 70s and 80s. Mm. Now, I hope, and I will actually give Ahmed Ahmed, the previous president, credit for this, because he brought legends into the inner chambers of CAF in the organisation of African football. The current deputy general secretary of CAF is a former footballer. He is a captain former captain of uh, Ghana, Anthony Bafo. Now, he has been involved in bringing a number of legends to various events. These were things that when you had these events in the past, they were completely ignored. They weren't weren't uh, brought to these things. Their views weren't looked for. They were basically uh, ignored as people. And also the knowledge that they had was ignored. This is madness. Hmm. You have a wealth of football knowledge it's there it's available to you but people are just not interested in it to give you a very very good example i was recently at the chan in mm. uh, cameroon, in cameroon yeah. and one of the reasons i was there and i was getting really annoyed with the people who were supposed to be helping me 
was I happened to know through Anthony Baffo that among the people who had been brought to Cameroon were one of the most unexpected results in African football. And it was nearly 50 years ago. It was in 1972 that Cameroon first hosted AFCON. And the winners were the much unfancied Republic of Congo, <laughs> the, the French uh, one. Mm. If you actually look at uh, ca uh, the winners of AFCON, and people talk about it all the time, hardly anybody even knows that uh, the Republic of Ca Congo actually won AFCON. They're completely ignored mm. from uh, discussion. And it's craziness, because within two years of this, Cara Brazzaville won the African Cup of Champions Clubs. <laughs> so this is not something that is like unexpected, uh, totally unexpected and totally um, hopeless and uh, to be ignored. It's actually one of the big stories of African football. And it's totally ignored. The same thing with Godfrey Ukachitalu. That the year he had in 1972, he wins five domestic trophies, all five in Zambia. He set two African Cup of Champions Clubs records, one of which definitely still stands, seven in a match. I mean, go and find anybody else who scored seven <laughs> in one one match in an African Champions Clubs tournament. No, I'll give you a week to do it, <clears throat> but I don't think you're going to find one. And then he scores two. Uh, he scores so many goals that he sets two world records as well. And it's important, very, very important for Africa as well. Africa should be saying Godfrey Chitalu is our main man, the yeah. main striker. The reason being, he's the highest scorer in international football as an African. He's the highest scorer in a single season with 107 in 1972 season. He's the highest scorer in a calendar year with 116. What more do you want from him? Yeah. And this We time, just need to take a quick break, Satish. We're going to come back. Let's just take a quick break before it cuts you off. Tabiso Musiya on SAFM. Still talking to Satish, who's joining us live from Morocco. Satish, I would think the other uh, a big point is that issue of the TV rights. I mean, South Africans are not happy. We can't see our teams playing in the Champions League, in the Kev Confed Cup. Even last night, we had to look for a stream. What is going on with these rights? Okay, let me just finish what I was saying because it is actually important. Oh, we, uh, we, the point, the point okay, with Chitali... We've got five minutes was, left if you can squeeze it in. Yeah, I will squeeze it very quickly. The point with Chitali is that for once, you actually had decent record keeping in Africa. That is why you know all this information. Mm. I hope the Motsepe presidency is going to actually look into this and mm. say, we must make sure that African footballers who have contributed greatly to their country and to African football have their records verified and that we start using it to say, we're not going to listen to any more nonsense about uh, how African football hasn't actually uh, set the records that it has. That mm. was basically the point. Uh, and it does relate to colo the uh, colonial era and Ginger Penchilo, but we'll come back to that another time. So yeah. now to get back to your point, about the the, um, uh, <clears throat> the TV rights. The problem over the TV rights began a long time ago. It wasn't even in Ahmed Ahmed's presidency. Mm. The deal between Lagadere and CAF 
was actually signed by the former Secretary General Hisham al-Amrani and uh, the president at the time, Isha Hayatu. So, so Isha Hayatu. So yes. this set a problem because when the Egyptian court, uh, the the uh, commercial court said, this is in breach of our financial rules. There wasn't a lot CAP could do about it. CAP was actually based in Cairo. It could not ignore the laws of the country that it was uh, based in. Mm -hmm. And it shouldn't because uh, let's say for argument's sake, CAP was based in South Africa and CAP basically said, well, your court says we're not allowed to do this. Guess what? We don't care. We're going to do it anyway. You would be livid about it. Mm -hmm. And rightly so. So the question now is, how do we deal with a bad, bad situation? Well, one of the ways you can deal with it is say, well, we have to negotiate new, uh, a, a new deal. It is one that you kind of have to start from scratch over and basically make sure that uh, there are competitive bids and bids that actually follow the uh, rules. This is something that... for. Uh, potentially the Motepe presidency could set a committee aside and say, we want you to sort this out because it is quite clear that, you know, we have a lot of African people following European teams and they're following the European teams more than the African teams. You cannot blame them for doing that at this moment in time. They can't see their teams. They can't see the African teams. They can't follow their teams properly. What do you expect them to do? Yeah. So, what I would say is I hope the Motsepe uh, presidency will set up a commission to provide the, the um, rights for Africans to watch their teams. And in the short term, basically say, well, CAF is going to take over. CAF will have its own media uh, sort of outlets. And in the short term, it will do this and sell them to whoever wants them. Mm -hmm. uh, and it will do it at a reasonable price to, in order to regain some uh, goodwill among the African fans. So the That's first deal was not do. put out to tender, basically, and that was the problem. Yeah, it, well, it, that is exactly what the problem was. It breached Egypt's anti- uh, sort of a truck well i'm not sure exactly what it is but it breached yeah, the laws, competitive the rules, competition yeah. laws yes. in egypt because uh, the egyptian media were not allowed to compete for for this yeah. and th they actually objected to it what you have in this particular case is a very very unusual situation in that it wasn't the egyptian fa who made a complaint about it they really weren't able to do anything about it because the egyptian court said this is breached our rules and it was supporting Egypt the, the rights of Egyptian media exactly what you would want if this was a, this situation was reversed you would want a South African court to be supporting South African media you yes no okay we're gonna leave it there Satish thank you very much we might even give you a call again tomorrow after the election just to look back at what has happened but all indications are that Patrice Mutsipa will be elected CAF president but like I always say stranger things have happened in football and it uh, doesn't look like it but let's see what happens tomorrow thank you Satish all the way from Morocco uh, stay safe there we're gonna have to leave it there we have to go to news